0: I can't tell you folks how much fun I had listening, especially to Chris's list on episode number 311, (laughs) our dedication to douchebags, (laughs) our D-Day here on Unscripted. Um, And as we talked about, as I welcome you into episode number 312 of Unscripted with Mike and Chris, Mike Jansen, Chris Fluke with you. Um, We have had some people that have taken the time to create their own list. And as we said, we would, we are men of our word. When people take the time to put lists together and we tell them that if you do that, we will put you on unscripted air. That's exactly what we're going to do. And we also had a, we have a special dark horse entry. The chairman of the board has a couple that she would like to <laughs> get into the, uh, into the festivities. And so absolutely we will get, uh, we'll get some comments from, uh, the regulars of our show. Greg and Ryan have compiled lists. I want to hear them. I have not seen them. I got bits and pieces, but I have not gotten the final copy. So I'm interested as you are to see that. And also, the, the First Lady of Unscripted, Miss, Mrs. Martina Fluke, has a couple of her own that, my God, absolutely, I want to hear what she has to say. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode in regard to episode number 312, um, I'm going to hand the microphone over to the executive producer to get you caught up on some lists from people that took their time out of their busy days to compile a top 10. Is it top 10 or top 12? Uh, top... I think it's just to a uh, random list. Got a random list here of top douchebags yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from the wonderful and wacky world of sports. And to bring that to you, I bring in the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Fluke.
1: Well, maybe Tom Dundon can learn from Martina and she didn't have to spend a quarter of a billion dollars to be the chairman chairwoman whatever so anyway yeah but anyway my wife martina's top two douchebags and number two is tom brady the luckiest man in pro sports same coach same great system afc east yeah same (laughs) shitty division the whole time waltzing to six championships wonderful and uh just seems like kind of a geek to be honest with you you know what i mean Yeah. yeah anyway and number one who she calls Butt Chin, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Shotgun Wound on his chin, Vagina on his face, Bill O'Brien. That weird, just un- unsavory character who you just don't want to be around at all. I-, I totally, he just seems like a dick. And you just, you know, I just, uh, yeah, I-, I totally get it. It's funny when he takes off his hat, how he oh, like yeah. ages 50 years. It's, yeah. just, it's one Absolutely. of those things. Actually, McCarthy was almost like that in a way. Like you-, you think he looks younger and then you see him without the hat and you're like, whoa, grandpa, okay. Anyway... McCarthy's
0: my age. Be easy. Oh,
1: I thought... Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I thought he was way older. <laughs> I thought he was like 65. <laughs> <laughs> okay. See? It proves my point, I guess. Okay. So, uh, uh, you know, Green and Gold member uh, and great contributor to the show, Ryan Hall has his list on her Patreon page. He posted, uh, I don't want to rank them because it's tough to say who is more of a douchebag than the next. Well, Ryan, I think we disproved that in the last right. episode. Mm-hmm. But here are some of the ones on my list. Now, the first one on his list is Floyd Mayweather Jr. And I looked up a bunch of lists. Yeah. And every list for top douchebags in sports that I could find on the whole internet had other than ones that listed OJ, which, but again, that's a very right. unique case. Right. Every list I looked at And I think only one and one or two at OJ. The rest all at Floyd Mayweather, number one. Really? Yeah. And so for me, now for me, and I know he's jealous of him. Well, there's been a time or two where he's maybe, you know, pushed his wife around a bit, which is not ideal. But I don't even think that's why they're putting him on the list. They're putting him on the list because he makes so much money and he doesn't save it. He just sticks it all in his checking account. and He just spends it on stuff and flaunts it around. And I appreciate that. But I really think that he's not that other than, you know, you know, I'm not making light of the female indiscretions. Right, right. But I mean, in terms of just a guy who's, you know, an athlete and he's going around buying things. In terms of that, I think it's mostly just a show. And he seems like he'd be a little more grounded and a little more hardworking. And I don't think he's quite like he just... I think he's just having fun and playing a character and promoting a brand and a gimmick. And I, I think that's what it is. So I just didn't feel like, especially in this company. Like there's a... The other thing we could have called it, I love D-Day we could have called it the shit list and the great wrestling manager, maybe the greatest talker of all time in wrestling, Jim Cornette has a great video on YouTube where he calls it his shit list. And they basically do what we did with the douchebags, and he yeah. comes up with a top five and uh, he calls it his shit list. <clears throat> and uh, yeah. And so that was, that was really interesting. But when he does that, I mean, sometimes they bring up somebody who's a total douchebag in wrestling and he looks at it and he says, you know what? Not in this company. And that's how I felt like with a lot of things I was oh, reading. Yeah. Like, I was reading all sorts of guys. We could go through tons of honorable mentions that I found all over the internet that are consistently on these douchebag lists. But I was just thinking, you know what? Not in this company. Right. right? And so, and that's what it was for me. <clears throat> it's for, anyway, for Mayweather. Uh, so, Ryan, if you have an issue with that, then bring it on, buddy. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> you know how to get a hold of us. Well, but right after that, he puts John Jones. To me, other than OJ, like, John Jones is just in sports, is way. Ahead of everybody, he's just you know terrible. Ray Rice, obviously, you know, knocking out his wife with an uppercut on camera, right, which is right. just yeah, that's not where you want to do it. Brad Marchand and Matthew Kachuk, who, of course, are basically the same person. Roger Goodell, we went over Terrell Owens. Where was that on your list? I well,
0: yeah, I don't know
1: because you know, I saw him on some of these lists and I was just but, like, you know, not in this company.
0: It's so funny, you said it yourself, and I agree with you 100%. Is that um, there are going to be names we're going to forget, oh, yeah, I mean, totally, and that's why we're going to have. Down the road we'll have another D Day or shit show or something because we'll have to. I like the idea of taking it next time, dead douchebags. Yeah, oh, I can't <laughs> wait for that. That's gonna
1: be fun. That's gonna be fun. I, should we leave some time or should we just uh like should we take a break from it or just next week you want to do top douche dead douchebags like what do you want to do Oh, uh, we should take a break take a break okay yeah. okay we'll take our we'll time we ferment maybe maybe i'll just let it percolate percolate yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh okay next on the list brock lesnar and i have no issue with that uh pick ryan for me uh, he absolutely like i mentioned last episode he could have been on the list for sure but i'll cheer for him any day over john jones and also i think for him mostly he's look he's a he's a rural boy from a dairy farm in Webster, South Dakota. Right. And now he lives in Maryfield, Saskatchewan in the middle of nowhere. And he's got his compound and that's, and he just doesn't like people. And he's, <laughs> he just he, like well, and he said it, he said it in those words himself well, and, I I, and everyone knows it. And uh, I appreciate that. He's, you know, but he's, he's been very successful in jobs that are with a lot of people. And so that's it. Here's a great entry that we didn't put in there here, Mike. Okay. What do you, what do you think about this one? <clears throat> All Toronto sports
0: media. Love it. No, I saw that. And, uh, yeah, it's, I it's really a, yeah, hard to argue hard with. Hard to argue with that.
1: Yeah, no, good one, Ryan. And, of really course, good. Of course, Ulf Samuelson, Mr. Fucking Knee-to-Knee Cheap Shot Artist on Cam Neely. Mr. Piece of... Sh- I fucking hate that idiot, too. That's a good one. I probably should have included him there. At least... Well, I guess I kind of added him to the slashes at number five. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, Ryan provided on our Patreon page in the comments a nice, nice video. I watched it. Did you see... of Of (laughs) Ty Domi Just Just sucker punching The shit out of Wolf Samuels And just knocking him out Right off his feet Got eight games for it And we saw Brian Burke Yapping about it uh, Which was fun Anyway Here's Greg's list Are you ready for this? Did you find it? Yeah I'm looking at it right now Okay Bruce Bruce slash Caitlyn Jenner Number one all time Hands down I didn't know that that. Didn't know that Tom Brady, we just mentioned Jennifer
0: Jones. Who's Jennifer? Jo- I don't know. Jennifer
1: Jones is the Manitoba curler, oh, who's a lawyer by day and a curler by night or mm-hmm. other way around. I don't know.
0: So she's been screwing people for years. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I, do, I don't know enough about her, but uh, I don't know. I always like kind of try to find her hot and it's, I don't know, it's an uphill battle, I guess. Uh, Teddy Bruski, the Patriots yep. guy, um, he had the he had the heart attack or
0: he had some problem, yeah, yeah. And that's why he kind of it led to an early retirement from football. Yeah. Had a good career, but you know, yeah. not, not great. But uh, yeah, you know. Brett
1: Hall. I don't know how I missed Brett Hall. That's I don't know one. how I missed Bobby Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Hall. Oh, nothing like being from Canada and playing for the states. I'm sorry, that was for hockey. That is just an unforgivable sin well, in this country. And, you know, and uh,
0: that's true. But I don't. You may find this blasphemous, and somebody may out there in this great country that knows, knows hockey better than I do, but I don't think Brett Hall makes Team Canada.
1: And that and that might be it. And that's why. And, he uh, wanted
0: to play international competition, and he wasn't going to make one of the top three lines on Team Canada, in my opinion, so that's why he invoked his mommy clause and went down and played in the States. Okay. Uh, <laughs> who the fuck is Greg Rusetsky? I know that name and I'm trying to figure it out. I can't put a finger on okay, it. Okay, you know what? Right I'll,
1: I'll look it up. You read the rest of that list. Okay, you know I'll I mean? just, uh, yeah. Just, you got the list or there or yeah, do you need, I, want me to do the list and you no, look them up?
0: I, no, you can look them up. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I pushed the wrong button and lost it here for a minute. But uh, Greg Ruzinski, I think, is, and I could be wrong, I think he is a hockey uh, tennis player. But I'm Why don't you cheating. you could
1: you're right on Google? Just Google it right now if All right, you want. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, and I've got the list here. Okay, right. so look up Greg Rusedski. Yeah. Oh, and then of course I bump something. Of course, right there. Of course. Oh, here we go. All right. <clears throat> Kobe Bryant. Uh, Greg hates Kobe Bryant. Yeah,
0: I, I don't agree with that one. Uh, he's a bit of an ass, but uh, he did a yeah, lot of good cheated things. Cheated on his li- wife. Well, and... I know, and paid her with a four million dollar ring. Yeah. And you know, it's not the first guy that's cheated on his wife from professional sports. Doesn't make it right. But uh, Greg Ruzinski, hold on.
1: I, uh, yeah,
0: it's like vaguely vaguely familiar, but not really. I don't know how to spell it. it? Uh, oh, here it is. Yes, he is a British Canadian tennis player. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'll we'll have to get some. Uh, maybe Greg can comment on that one and uh, let us know what's. Up with Greg Rusetsky, because I don't I don't know that one. Uh and then of course who Greg calls Me Sean Johnson instead of Keyshawn Johnson, of course. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's funny. James Lights Out Tony, uh the boxer. Yep, I remember actually it's funny because there was a UFC card that he was on. I believe there were two guys with the name Lights Out on there, because there was Chris Lights Out Lytle. Uh, when James Tony fought Randy Couture in the UFC. One of the most embarrassing performances in the history of sports, frankly. So The problem, this is why you'll never see Mayweather in the octagon, as I predicted. I think you heard it here on on Mm unscripted repeatedly, even Mm -hmm. when it was a fever pitch of Mayweather's going to the UFC. No, he's not. And I was very clear about that here because boxing is just one part of mixed martial arts. You can't just, you can be the best boxer in the world, even just an average UFC fighter can easily take you off your feet and then you're screwed what, right. what are you going to do against a guy who knows jujitsu and judo and right. everything else right. when you're laying on the ground nothing that's what he, you're going to do he would
0: lose in the octagon that's why he's not going in the octagon
1: yeah right. uh, Floyd would absolutely he would now James Tony did go to the octagon and he did lose and it was probably the easiest night of Randy Couture's life because if you see the takedown it was literally couture didn't even do a good job he dived on he hit his toenail and tony goes down like a ton of bricks and then <laughs> i think couture just kind of laid on him until he gave up like it was <laughs> it was the easiest night of his life it was so embarrassing i can't believe that idiot went to the ufc james tony is a total moron if nothing else i don't know if greg has more about his douchey tendencies but as a complete moron james tony certainly qualifies, qualifies for the list yeah uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, <laughs> self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one. Josh McDaniels. They're self-explanatory. You know what? Mike uses the phrase legend in his own mind a lot of the time. And I always wonder who, I, I don't picture as many guys with that phrase as Mike does, but for some reason, Josh McDaniels, legend in his own mind, 32nd overall offense with the St. Louis Rams. Good job, buddy. No. Rob Johnson. Oh, oh man. God. I just remember that was one of my favorite moments being at Earl's, and I've said it before on the show, but watching when Rob Johnson's playing Doug Flutie, who I guess was with the Chargers, I think, at the time, it's Johnson Correct. versus Flutie. After yeah. all those years of Flutie, he was clearly the better quarterback, Correct. but he wasn't as tall, so Buffalo wanted Rob Johnson to be the starter. Who who was making that call? Was it Terry Pegula at the time? No, no it wouldn't at the have time, been.
0: when the owner was Ralph Wilson of oh, the Buffalo of course, Bills, and uh, Wade Phillips was the coach at the time of the Buffalo Bills, mm-hmm. and he wanted Flutie. W- Oh, Wade Phillips wanted Flutie. He wanted Okay, Flutie. that makes sense. Yeah. He wanted Flutie to play. The offense moved better. The team liked him better. There was a better chemistry. But... Ralph Wilson made the call because Ralph Wilson was overpaying Rob Johnson. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason. Yeah,
1: stupid. He had this typical tall jock and gets all the opportunities and sucked ass, of course. But then, of course, they, they missed the, the Buffalo misses the field goal. The Chargers win. And then you see the whole bar at, in the whole bar at uh, Earl's West Hills. Uh, it was just Everyone just erupted, like cheering for Flute against stupid Rob Johnson. <laughs> it was really, really cool. And the last uh, thing on Greg's list. Jim Gray and Joe Buck for Douche Broadcasters.
0: Couldn't agree more. That's That one's a slam dunk. Well, um, Joe
1: Buck for sure. I, I haven't watched enough Jim Gray, to be honest. Jim
0: Gray has been around forever and ever, amen. Um, more recognizable, I think, in the boxing game from the years past when the heavyweight division was something to talk about, but uh, not a big fan, and I totally agree with Greg's list. Very well done, Greg, as I expected that you would. Um, we had a lot of fun and I look forward to, and Chris and I will determine a time and when we will do douchebags part two. And the only caveat that time will be that they have to be dead. <laughs> I love that. I'm looking at you, Ty Cobb. Yeah, I'm look. Oh yeah. Ty Cobb. Absolutely. Spikes up, bitch. Um, but we had a lot of fun with that and thanks for everybody's participation and, uh, look forward to douchebags part two. We'll probably go... Probably to the spring sometime, and sure. and uh, make that. A special I'll start lift. slowly putting together a list. Right. To make sure it's really absolutely carefully make thought out. it carefully thought out, and and yeah. uh, I hopefully we'll add in that. a few more. Absolutely, we will. hey, we
1: will. hey, if if in a few months, if anyone on our list is on, it can be on the they new list. They can qualify for the new absolutely. list. Then. Absolutely, absolutely, then they can.
0: National Hockey League is where we're going uh, next on this three hundred twelfth episode of the National Hockey League as we try to get back to a normal a normal business uh, operation here on unscripted, but. It's a lot of fun, and that's why it's unscripted, folks. 3 p.m. on Monday, February 25th. Chris and I will not get together before that trade deadline, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens, see how active some teams are, who are buyers, who are sellers. Some of the names you may have heard that uh, supposedly will be, have a good chance of moving before or on deadline day next Monday. I've heard the name Matt Duchesne from Ottawa, Sergei Bobrovsky from the goalie from the Columbus Blue Jackets, Derek Broussard from Florida. I've heard Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers, Duncan Keith of the Chicago Blackhawks, Ilya Kovalchuk, who's going to want his old dumbass at this point? <laughs> I don't know. And they owe him two more years on his contract. Oh. I mean... We there, all saw that coming. Well, of course we did. And, you know, I know Ryan gave me the gears last year about me switching allegiances from the LA Kings to the Vegas Golden Knights. And I still have some real strong feelings about the Los Angeles Kings, but this was a total mistake by Messers, uh, Blake and Robitaille. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk gave him three years at 100 years old and you want to trade him by the deadline? No one's going to want his sorry old ass. I've heard Wayne Simmons from Philly could be moving. A lot of names. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting, and it's funny here in Canada. 5 a.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, well, no, it be excuse me. It'll be 8 a.m. Eastern time. So 5 a.m. Pacific time. They start broadcasting for deadline day in the National Hockey League. Um, also want to talk a little bit about about my Vegas Golden Knights. And this is a concern that I've had. Um, I want to see the Vegas Golden Knights make another pl- long playoff run. Um, and they had the slow start this year, 3-8. and eight, But then they've started playing some really good hockey. And then they've had a little bit of a cold snap since. And we know that the Vegas Golden Knights are very dependent on Marc-Andre Fleury, their goaltender. And here's something that I think that George McPhee, the general manager, and coach Gerard Gallant certainly should be looking at if they can do something before next Monday's trade deadline. If somebody from the Vegas Golden Knights wants to call me, I would make this recommendation to the upper brass management of the Vegas Golden Knights. I think you need to look at improving your backup goaltender situation in Vegas. And here's why. Marc-Andre Fleury, statistically, is one of the best in the business. And statistically, he leads the National Hockey League right now with 29 wins. He leads all National Hockey League goalies. But here's the problem. He's won 29 games, but he started 51. Um, There's got to be a secondary option there, especially remembering that when he signed his new four-year deal last year after his remarkable first season in Vegas, he was 34 years old. That's a lot to ask for a now 35-year-old goalie to make 50, 51 starts already this season. I think that's something that the Vegas Golden Knights need to look at, potentially look at, um, as we get down here on the, on the home stretch toward the playoffs. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to make the playoffs. It's how deep a run they're going to make.
1: Yeah, I think they absolutely have to address the backup goalie situation. If they're going to the trade bait list, they're only looking at Jimmy Howard and Sergey Bobrovsky. Right. I, Bobrovsky is a starter, and I just I can't see him. Other than maybe, I mean, if they want to really be serious about it and sort of do what it needs to be done to uh, get him for the playoff run only, maybe. I don't think they're willing to pay whatever that would require. I could see. I don't know where Jimmy Howard is Is at. He's 34 I don't know where he's at in his career. Uh, I could certainly see him as a backup there. I think that would be a good choice. I think they need a real NHL goaltender as a backup. Uh, someone with a proven track record of any sort, I think is what they really need to do. So that, I, I think that is a priority for sure. And I'm, I'm I'm rooting for the Vegas Golden Knights too, just like you are.
0: It'll be interesting to see. And uh, Chris and I will be together a week from today. And um, we will have a full wrap-up of whatever transactions happen on Monday from deadline day in the National Hockey League. NBA um, just uh, concluded their all-star weekend in Charlotte. You know what? I was disappointed. i got to be honest with you. Um, usually, as I've mentioned on this program, I always got excited about the slam dunk competition and the three-point shooting competition. It was outstanding to see Steph Curry make 10 in a row to qualify for the finals. But who the hell is Joe whatever his name Joe is. is that yeah, that? the white guy. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. The, right? Yeah, the white guy from the Brooklyn Knights or Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. wins the 3-point uh, shooting competition, but the dunk competition to me did nothing. You had one guy that jumped over Shaq, impressive. But then when you bring out Dwayne Wade to jump over him after you've jumped over Shaq, that's kind of sloppy seconds. It is. After you've jumped over shaquille o'neal who's seven foot two and as wide as seven foot two but then you bring out d wade and i know that that was you know it was Dwayne wade's weekend for sure his uh farewell weekend in charlotte but i wasn't impressed it wasn't uh there was something missing this year from the uh, all-star game in regard to the saturday night festivities the game sucked uh, Giannis's team was up twenty some, and then all of a sudden, the bronze team, the the one he dreams someday of being in Los Angeles, playing as Laker teammates, but they came back and won the game at the end. But uh, thirty eight by Giannis, uh, Kevin Durant brings home the the uh, MVP of the game with thirty one points, but uh, no defense again, one whatever it was to one or whatever it was, and and uh, it that kind of disappointed. But the big topic that has now come from All-Star Weekend is now that we start, there's 27 games left, give or take, in team's schedule. And now the noise is they're talking MVP. And they've basically narrowed it down to two that are basically on polar opposites of each other because you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, who's led the Bucks to the the, uh, number one record through the All-Star break, 43 up and 14 down. They lead the they lead the league in point differential, they score the most, they give up the least. Well, they score second. Excuse me, Golden State scores the most. Bucks score second most, give up the least. They're number one defensively in the NBA, and a lot of that has to do, obviously, to, to Giannis. But the competition for Giannis and what they're saying in the MVP is the Beard, James Harden in Houston. Now I understand the Beard has got a difficult situation there they've been decimated by injuries I guess they're going to get Clint Capella back this week when they open the second half against the Lakers on Thursday night but and you know the beard has hit what 30 points in a row 32 games or some astronomical number like that but let's be honest folks you take Giannis away from the Milwaukee Bucks they aren't 43 up and 14 down but Giannis is more of kind of manhandles people with his massive drives down and then slams it over everybody, whereas the beard sits behind the three-point line and continuously shoots uh, so, you know, and scores some impressive numbers. But it'll be interesting to see there. Giannis or the beard? If they, if they gave you, if you were the lead beat writer for the New York Times NBA division, who do you think? And, and don't take me into account. Mm-hmm. Just would it be Giannis or would it be the beard for you? You know who would be for me? Well, it's no, unfair, obviously. but you know.
1: I think with the Bucks, it's like you say they are a worse team without their best player than the Rockets are. I think is the issue mm-hmm. there. So I think, and the Bucks still have a better record than the Rockets. Do they not? True. Forty-three Correct.
0: and fourteen, and the 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 uh, Rockets, right off the top of my head, are. 35 and 20-something. Yeah. So whatever. the
1: season's not over yet, but the Bucks have a way better record and I think a way worse team without their top player. So if you look at those two things, you have to give it to Giannis, I think. And I think there's a reason that he was the captain of one of the teams and not Harden like it it's nice to see him getting that recognition people are starting to realize hey he's not just a really good player he's the true elite franchise difference maker absolute top of the league I was really really happy to see him be one of the captains and of course the one highlight of the all-star game that everyone was sending me including you was that brilliant one-handed bounce pass to the one-handed finish from uh, Curry to uh, Giannis like I mean what a beautiful play by both guys And uh, I don't know if, I don't think they could have planned that or practiced that.
0: I don't think there was another guy. And remember, uh, Joel Embiid was sitting right there too. But there isn't another guy on that floor. At the apex of that ball, I don't think there's another guy on either one of those rosters that could have gotten that high to get that ball. That was so beautiful. That was unbelievable. Just a big bounce pass. Giannis goes above looking, seemingly above the backboard, brings it down, play the game for sure. Yeah,
1: that's like Sean Kemp level. Remember, right. Yeah. Remember oh, Sean yeah. Kemp. Great analogy. Sean yeah. Kemp was six foot ten. Yep. And he had the highest vertical in the league yep. besides height. It was like 49 inches. It something was just, like that. 39 it, or 40. Something no, like I'm, that. Was, I'm, it, was, it was, it was it almost it was, 50? It was in the 40s for sure. I'm, wow. I'm pretty sure the top league was 48 and 49. And was, uh, anyway, but I mean he's you know, we're talking over three feet, like we're talking like four feet in the air when you're already seven feet. I mean, yeah. and then your hand on top of that, your arm, long arm, like, I mean, how high is he getting there? So that's what it always reminds me of is, yeah. is Sean Kemp. But yeah, so that was amazing. But with your point about the dunk contest, because I, I think you have to give it to Giannis over Harden at this point. Uh, in terms of the dunk contest, it's just, what it is, is it's really uninspired. It's, it hasn't been the biggest stars going for the dunk title yeah. it hasn't been an up-and-comer like a vince carter or a blake griffin mm-hmm. when they had like a coming out party right. yeah. like a coronation almost it's neither of those things if you don't have the best stars gunning for this and making it feel like a big event like mj versus dominique wilkins and you don't have these guys who are like some fancy rookie who it's like oh this guy is the new big star on the scene the big mainstream star and you don't have unbelievable creativity if you have to have at least one of the three ideally combination if you don't have any of that it's just it's an afterthought it's just like oh it's just for some young kids are going to do it oh we've seen all these dunks pretty much everything that's that can be done has been done oh whatever so it's you know i we need one of those three things to come for it to be really interesting again
0: rumor on the street um as the Teams were leaving on Sunday after the All-Star game. Rumor on the street is Giannis is interested in being in the slunk slam dunk contest next year. He should, and,
1: and the NBA should really encourage him to as well. Yeah. They need that. They, they need to stop treating this. Look, this is how you get eyes on the product. It's really tough to just get a guy who doesn't really care about basketball well, to watch. I mean, get them to watch that and get interested
0: well, in it. Well, and that's the point you're making, and it's, it's a well-driven point. I mean, I don't know, and I think I know basketball okay, but I didn't know half the guys in the slam dunk conference, in a competition. That guy from Oklahoma City, never heard of him you know same thing in the shooting contest outside of Steph Curry I really didn't I mean Chris Middleton from Milwaukee was there he didn't shoot it very well uh Devin Booker was there uh there were a few names there but obviously the way that you want to promote your league is to have the stars be part of All-Star weekend yeah and I think You've hit it right on the head. And
1: I'm glad Steph Curry did participate in the three point Absolutely. contest. And he narrowly lost. Yeah. He barely lost. Yeah. And Joe Harris was just really hot there and just was just. It's on okay fire. if
0: some guy sneaks from behind and wins, but at least if you get to see the stars do their thing. Yeah. And then if they get beat so big. Be oh, it. yeah, that's fine. And, uh, Major League Baseball is where we're going next. And. Um, We talked in episode 310 about Manny Machado and his $300 million contract that became finalized on Tuesday afternoon with the San Diego Padres. But I've got two baseball stories here that I'll hit both of them real quick here. And one uh, one is the best baseball news I've heard in a long, long time. The second one is I'm wondering how dumb are the people at the Major League Baseball Network? I'll start with the good story first, because we're in a giving mood, and we just came off of D-Day, and we're all in good spirits. Best baseball news that I have heard in a long, long time, and it's a start, but once the spring training games start next week in Arizona and Florida at a spring training camp near you, the 22nd pitch clock is to be used. Now, it is just for, so far, they're testing it just in the exhibition season, but it's a start. And I think that's really good by Rob Manfred and his crew at Major League Baseball. I hope that they give it, I hope they give it the full spring. And then ultimately, I'd like to see it, if, it is, if it's a success during the spring. Because remember, folks, if you think regular season baseball games are long, go to a spring training game. Oh, my God. They have guys working out in the outfield during the game. It's so goddamn long because you're playing, you're giving as many kids an opportunity to get some reps as they can. Spring training games last forever. I've been to them. I've fallen asleep at them. Maybe that has something to do with the nine beers, but baseball games, spring training games are interesting. Not even interesting. They're just long because there's so many bodies that they get in and they want to get an at-bat here or get a defensive replacement in there as they're trying to find the combinations. But that's good news. The bad news from Major League Baseball, the Major League Baseball Network has rated, uh, has given their ratings for the best players in Major League Baseball. And the Major League Baseball Network has rated National League, defending National League MVP. And I'm biased because this guy's from Milwaukee Brewers. But the Milwaukee, excuse me, the Major League Baseball Network has rated NL the defending National League MVP, Christian Yelich, a guy that came within one homer and two RBIs of winning the triple crown last year. First time since the nineteen forties when I think it was Jimmy Fox that did it. I'm not sure. Somebody last hit for the triples, uh, the uh, triple crown. I believe in the forties. Not sure. Greg'll know. Greg'll tell me when I'm fucked up. But. I am so pissed off by this. This guy wins the National League MVP of the award last year, ends up in the 330s for a batting average, over 40 dingers, over 100 RBIs, and they have him, the NLB network, has him rated as the 8th best player in the major leagues. Are you fucking kidding me? He may not be the best, but the defending NL MVP is just the 8th best player in the major leagues? Are you fucking kidding me? Again, he may not be the best, but there aren't seven other players ahead of him in Major League Baseball. That is for damn sure.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not as tied into Milwaukee no, I Brewers get that. As baseball. I get that, but, but...
0: I, I, I would say, I, I honestly, I would say the same thing if it was a New York Met mm-hmm. or a California Angel or a Los Angeles Dodger. If you win your league's MVP, mm-hmm. there aren't seven players better than you.
1: No, that's a fair statement, absolutely. It reminds me of, and who was the, was it the Canadian? Who was it many years ago? He was one of the only guys making under a million a year, and he won the MVP.
0: Probably Larry Walker, if he's Canadian. I can't remember
1: who it was, but it was, it's some. Or it might not have been, but someone, you know, there's all these guys making just scads of millions of dollars, and then someone who was making almost nothing won the MVP one year quite a while back. I forget yeah. who it was, but anyway, it's like that. But I think, uh, you know, it. everyone's going to default to the big stars, and Yelich has never been a mainstream name. Like for a non-baseball fan, I don't think his name carries much weight. Well, and
0: part of that, he was playing in front of six people in Miami. Well, and
1: but that's how you know he's a great player because Derek Jeter traded him away. Right, (laughs) 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 that's how you know it's a great
0: player. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. You know,
1: I still, uh, I'm still honored that he, uh, you know, he traded Giancarlo Stanton for me, but. you know, I was really happy to be And included. I was traded
0: for Kristen Yellich. And if
1: Chris Fluke was one of the people in the deal, would you know? Nope. Because well, you tell me, who did Giancarlo, uh, Giancarlo Stanton get traded for? I have no idea. You tell me, yeah. I have no idea. I don't pro- Maybe uh, I think there was a draft pick in there. Oh, well, there were yeah, some prospects. There were some draft picks. There were some was prospects. Pathetic.
0: But it was basically a hockey bag. It was a hockey bag. Of why bucks. would
1: you give it? It doesn't make any sense except he's on the payroll. Well, of he's the on Yankees. the payroll for the Yankees. Yeah, of course. So it does. But no, Kristen it's obviously, he's, uh, you know, Maybe if he like, what does he have to do to get some respect? Like, does he have to win a second MVP? Does that be like Steve Nash? You have to win two MVPs for people to really be yeah, like, okay, yeah. fine, I guess he's really good. Yeah. Oh, I I
0: I don't know what he has I'm, to do. I'm just appalled by that. I was think when I saw that, I was trying to think of seven better players right now in the major leagues than Kristen Yelich. There are probably some, but there aren't seven. I I'm I'm okay, but in the NL,
1: who's better than him? I. I, wow,
0: um, like, certainly not Bryce Harper no. and and Manny Machado. <laughs> like a
1: clear cut better player, can uh, you name one or two? Well, um, Who would you rather have than than Yelich?
0: Nobody, yeah. I'm biased. Not though. a single team, person in the NL. Well, sure. I mean, w- would I like to have? Would I like to have Bryce Harper 2015 version? Absolutely. When he was batting over 300 and hitting 40 dings and and going over 120 ribs. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's the 2015 version of Bryce Harper. But I'm having a hell of a time sitting here thinking who would be better. Seven players in the National League. Now, he's combining both the American League and the National League. Oh, okay. So he's taking seven players that are better than him right now. Okay, so
1: name anybody who's better than Yelich. There's got to be somebody in the league you'd rather have.
0: Well, um, right off the top of my head, Mike Trout from the California Angels would be one of the seven that are better, no doubt. Um, but there aren't many, uh, Nolan Arenado from the Colorado Rockies, a hell of a third baseman. Uh, but even his numbers were not as good as Yelich's last year. Um, I would have to think that, uh, some people would think Chris Bryant from the Chicago Cubs could be one of the seven players that are better than, um, Mr. Yelich, but, it's a stretch, and I think that I'm still pretty in tune with Major League Baseball, and I'm obviously having a hell of a time finding seven players that are better than the defending National League MVP Christian Yelich. And that's why baseball, and and it's just, it's so, so second-rate now. Um, before we get out of here, one last thing to talk about. And um, I do want to talk about this, and this guy... Uh, I knew Chris was going to include this guy on his douchebag list, so I probably subconsciously didn't try to overlap some of the things, and I was right. Chris put this guy, and rightfully so, on the douchebag list. But I want to switch gears real quick to back to the American Alliance of Football. I think that's what they are. I'll go with it. AAF. Uh, I like AFA better. But anyway. Supposedly, the league asked Mr. Colin Kaepernick, about playing in the league, but he reportedly asked for $20 million. And this is why I don't feel one bit sorry for Colin Kaepernick if he never finds another job in any league again. He must have known, or one of his people should have known, that if you're going to negotiate with the AAF, that they were going to pay. And we talked about this in episode uh, 311. We talked about this. The AAF had a mandate that they were going to sign all players to all eight of their teams, they were all going to be signed to three year, $250,000 contracts. So they're playing for 80,000 plus change a year. Kaepernick asked for 20 million. That wasn't going to, if they weren't going to make payroll after the second week, how the hell are they going to make payroll when you got to pay Kaepernick his one tenth? Of $20 million. $2 bucks. Million, when everybody else is making 80 grand. Cap, You know, part of Kaepernick's problem here, folks, I really believe this. And I hate to say this. He was born in Milwaukee. God almighty, that hurt. That <laughs> hurts when I bring that up. He was born in Milwaukee. But part of the problem is, A, Kaepernick isn't too bright. He, he went to Nevada. <laughs> Come on.
1: Um, and... He's from Milwaukee and went to UNLV? No, he went to Nevada, Reno. Reno. Yeah, he went to Reno.
0: Yeah, the Wolfpack.
1: Yeah. So this is starting to sound like our own Mike Jansen. Oh, I know.
0: Scared the shit out. You think I'd be talking about it (laughs) if he went to UNLV? We have enough credibility problems. Jimmy Kimmel is our number one graduate. Um, But first of all, Kaepernick couldn't get into UNLV. Second of all, I think besides not being the sharpest knife in the drawer, I think he's getting some bad advice from somebody. Somebody needs to tune him up in regard to, you do not make a statement like this when you know the AAF is a developmental league. They're trying to be a sort of a minor league to the NFL, is how I read it. And you obviously have a contract limit of $250,000 over a three-year period. And he comes out and asks for $20 million. Wherever he's getting his advice those people as well need their ass kicked.
1: Yeah, well, we went over uh, our buddy Kaepernick in our D-Day episode, last episode, and it was a oh, lot I know of that,
0: but I mean, I just needed <laughs> to, about this. this, this bothers me because we're all supposed to feel sorry for this guy, and he's a, he's a social reformer, and he's trying to get change made, and he's, he's doing it because he, has a, he feels that he has an obligation to the African com- African-American community. He also has a, has a, has a responsibility to himself, and that would be wake the fuck up. Yeah, no, I I, I think we've uh, and it, it's like
1: I predicted. I said this year, this past year, of the NFL season, we weren't going to see all the protests and everything that it would have died down, and it did crest the year before, and that was absolutely true. So you uh, look, he's he's really just a footnote at this point, and uh, I think we're going to see him. Did wind you down see?
0: A bit. And I have seen this. I know that there has been contact, and maybe you've seen this. There has been some contact between the Carolina Panthers and Colin Kaepernick's people. But
1: Well, great. They're, I think they're really scared with uh, Newton because his shoulder, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough thing. They can't I, figure I it out. I agree.
0: I totally agree with you, but I think there's better options out there now than Colin oh, Kaepernick. Well, and are. all the extracurricular shit. You put Reed and Kaepernick on the same team again, because Reed just signed a three year contract to play safety for the Panthers. You put Reed and Ka- Ka- Kaepernick on the same sidelines again, you're going to have trouble. I'm telling you right now. Oh,
1: 100%. Yeah, 100%. And it won't be a, a seamless thing like in. Uh, LA with McVeigh. H- They'll
0: wish Jerry Richardson was back uh, <laughs> grabbing girls' asses again. Yeah, no. Instead of all this bullshit. That's a disaster waiting to happen. Good we've point. We've got to, we've got to run on this 200. Excuse me. God, I keep doing that. I got to give ourselves the proper credit. 312. Our 312th episode is now in the books. We thank you much. We thank Greg and Ryan for their lists, always great participants in everything and anything involving unscripted. Thank you gentlemen very much. Thank you to the Lady Chairperson of uh, Unscripted for her two unscripted uh, editions. Truly appreciate that. Thank you, Martina. And just for the record, I totally agree with you. Um, But we've got to run. We've got Freeform Friday coming up for our Green and Gold Package members on our Patreon page. We thank them and we thank you and hope that you continue to enjoy and participate in anything and everything involving Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Having said all that, for the boss, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.